This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to The Real Down. I'm your host, as always, Jimmy Skinner. With me, as always, is Garrett Johnson. What's going What's on? Up? Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> you didn't fire <laughs> me after last week. No, it's because I didn't listen to it, though. So. Yeah. No, I appreciate I you uh, that way, yeah. <laughs> handling that, but, dude, I was feeling like crap. I still ain't completely over it, man. Uh, well, hope you get better soon. Me too. It's uh, bronchitis. Sound a little better. Yeah. Yeah. My wife still got it like really bad, but uh, I felt good enough to finally get out fishing this weekend. Like actually take the kayaks out and like really go have some fun. Yeah, let me tell you, foot steering on the Hobies where it's at. Yeah, it's so freaking smooth, man. Uh, Do you like everything at once? Like run a buzz bait or something, or spinner bait while you're foot steering around? Like I didn't realize. Like I could tell a difference, like my arm actually being tired because I got so many more casts in compared to, hmm. I guess not, you know, when you're having to like pause to work your steering and stuff. Yeah. I think the worst I, is when you're having to pause and you get a bite when you pause and you have to like try to coordinate both at the same time. <laughs> I, you know, <laughs> like it, looking. it was like five minutes into the day. I caught a pretty nice, uh, 
I mean, it's a pretty big one out there, you know, like a little bit over five pounds, I think. And uh, it was like at a time where I was getting blown around and about to go adjust my steering and put it in reverse. And I got a bite and I was able to like do all of that and keep my feet moving and stay on the mm. fish and everything. It was yeah. great. Like, yeah, that's really, really cool setup. I was weird like because it takes up some space you know you know it's just more shit that's on the eight trails and i was like i just don't know if i'm gonna like that no that's where i'll it's not going anywhere i don't (laughs) think i could ever not have foot steering on a motorboat now what about you did you get out and fishing this weekend uh yeah we fished one our second ctk event this season and uh i blanked Uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was pretty rough we had rising cold we had a cold front come through with rising water and dumped a bunch of rain in center hill turned the lake all muddy and and your electronics aren't working right now so yeah my electronics aren't working and i showed up an hour too late as typical so (laughs) yeah it was rough Uh, you better get it all out of your system before gunners will yeah uh so I'm hoping to live vicariously through these guys uh, tonight, uh, listening to their stories from the Harris chain. That's going to be. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. And, for uh, that. You know, we said we were done with the Florida stories, but not quite. Uh, the Hobie BOS series uh, started their season out round one on the Harris Channel Lakes, which is just, you know, legendary fishing. And to say that it showed out is an understatement i wish i had thought about it i would have done a comparison of fish between there and Kissimmee, just yeah to see i think that this might have outdone Kissimmee quite a bit i think they might have hit it on just the right time too yeah but uh without further ado uh we have last year's uh winner of the harris chain with the bassmaster event justin largen and this year's winner of the hobie bos from last weekend ewing minor what's going on fellas how's it going man we making it how about y'all cash and checks fucking just hanging out counting dollars hanging out going to class just the usual I yeah that's that. interesting it's still going to class and going down and cashing checks that's awesome yeah i mean school helped me and hurt me well i guess it didn't really hurt me but it i wasn't able to go down and practice like everyone else but since there were those two college tournaments that that kind of made up for it yeah how'd you do in those i got 25th out of 250 something and then 22nd out of 275 i believe so were those boat tournaments is that right yeah 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 qualified for i mean three tournaments in you know, two months on the Harris train and qualified for all championships. So, wow. Yeah. That's pretty good. Dang, Let's talk about an effective week. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. Man. <laughs> like, well, uh, real quick before we move over to, to Justin Ewing, uh, just to kind of introduce yourself to anybody that's a new listener of ours or don't know who you are. Well, I'm Ewing minor. I go to Carson Newman university in East Tennessee. I fish on the boat team. We also have a kayak team. That's pretty new. I think y'all might've talked to my coach, um, about that a little while ago, but it's a great program. And actually he's, he's sending our team down to fish an event on Chickamauga this weekend. It's a 
vacation. I forgot to request off of work, so I won't oh. be there, but <laughs> the rest of the team will be there and I'll oh, that's awesome. I'll be supporting them from, from work. But yeah, I'm fishing that yeah, this weekend on Chickamauga. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'll um, be there. Yeah, it's I mean we got a great program. We fish the college kayak tournaments that there are, but but our budget allows us to fish a, a few other tournaments and you know, really lets the the people that are newer to it get yeah. get a taste of I mean, you fish the Tennessee Bass Nation stuff. You might as well be fishing a, a national trail. Yeah. yeah, there's some really good anglers in that. In that a scenario. lot of anglers, really good anglers, and obviously with with Steve Owens and what is it, Daniel? Yeah, Daniel. Daniel. Yeah, they they run a, they put on a great tournaments. Yeah, it's I mean it's fairly equivalent yeah, to some of the national for, trail stuff. It, like, as a director, it's something I have to keep in mind that like my best effort at running one will not be as good as Steve does something. So yeah. it's like, he's, I feel like he makes the rest of the bass nations in the country look bad because he just does it up so big and so good. And Steve knows everybody and that helps. Yeah. Like he is the king of networking and, uh, Gets it he's, they're doing a great job with that. Like if he wasn't running Bassmaster, I'd say Tennessee Bass Nation should just like stretch out on its own as a national event. Like, <laughs> I mean, usually there's participating in it. Um, sometimes mm-hmm. more than that, so it's it's got quite a bit of draw. For sure. Yeah, there's some good stuff there. Well, Justin, uh, how about you, man? Give us an introduction on yourself. Yeah, I'm just a dude that likes to fish. Um, but i've uh i've been doing the national trails this is the third year that i've been doing it first year not so great some growing pains i i kind of didn't i didn't do a whole lot of i didn't do any local stuff i just i wanted to see what i could do against some of these these big names and uh last year was a little better so hopefully this year's starting off good so we'll see here's a quick question for you just because you mentioned like the growing pains do you feel like to compete in the national scene in the kayaks that you have to kind of commit just to that or do you find where you can have a good balance of doing like national and still being part of local or do you think that you've got to really just completely completely commit to the national trail to have a chance I think you can do either. I, it really depends on how much, I mean, how much time you want to put into it. Um, if you've got the time to do both, I think you can. Um, I just with the number of, of tournaments that I've fished, like particularly last year, there wasn't a whole lot of time for, for locals. I did a few, but there were just too many conflicting events. Um, right. So if the schedules line up, I mean, sure, you can, you can still fish a lot of local stuff too, but it's, um, I've tried to focus on the the big ones. Makes sense. For sure. yeah. yeah. It's just a, I have a lot of people ask me about, you know, what the national tournaments are like. And, you know, some people, like even me sometimes, you know, it's like, it's kind of nerve wracking thinking about it. Like if you're somebody that only, only ever fishes local stuff, and then you you want to go dabble in the national. Sometimes it's kind of overwhelming, and I have people ask me about it all the time. And then you got guys that have been fishing in kayak for five minutes that 
you know, they're ready to just straight into it, (laughs) take my 300 bucks and I'm going to do this. Yeah. (laughs) Just full send. But, uh, well, no. So, uh, let's get right into it. So as we said, the Harris chain of lakes, uh, it's not actually an area I know much about. Uh, I know it's a Lake County, Florida, Uh, And I know it's a lot of water and I know from watching boat tournaments that it can just produce a ridiculous amount of good fish. So, uh, Ewan, why don't you give us a breakdown since you've got a bunch of experience on it now, uh, just kind of how, how it sets up. I mean, you have, I'd say the, the main, what I would call the inside lakes, which are Harris, Eustis, Dora and Beauclair. And then you have uh, Griffin and Apopka, which you have to lock to. But for the Hobie tournament, Yale was also put into play, which is not attached to the actual Harris chain. Um, I believe it was at some point, but it is no longer attached. I think there was something with a hurricane that wiped out a canal and they just never built it back. Hmm. That's what I've heard. I don't know if that's actually what happened. But, um, yeah, you've got – Anywhere from water with chocolate milk, two inches of visibility to six, seven foot of visibility in some of the cleaner lakes. And it's like on the immediately on the chain, the muddiest lake and the the clearest lake is they're separated by a canal that's a couple hundred yards long. (laughs) And it's I think it's just more to do with the grass because Beauclair is the clearest one. It has the most grass. So, I mean, as you for filtration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it uh, just because we, we had like three weeks in a row we talked about Kissimmee? Does it give you a lot more uh, like variations in depth and structure, or is it all relatively the same and your only differences are like water clarity and grass? No, you have out there, there's shell beds from, I mean, anywhere from five to 20 feet um, that you can fish. There's brush piles, rock piles. Uh, you can go up shallow, flip the casino grass. There's pads, hydrilla. Anything that you could fish in Florida, there's that to fish. And there's, and there's even more. Just, you've got plenty of docks. If, if someone has a strength, they can at least go fish it. Um, no guarantees that it'll, it'll produce with the way that, that that chain of lakes fishes. It's just, I'm sure there's, you can catch them somewhere on the chain the way that you're most comfortable fishing. It's yeah. just <clears throat> lots of options. Yeah. yeah you can find somewhere to fish your strengths, I guess. Yeah. But I mean, it's still, you might find something to fix, fish your strengths, but there's, 50, 60 different places to do it. And then yeah. only two of those will work. <laughs> or produce and, like the quality that you need. To well, they talk about how, you know, on some lakes, they 90% of the fish. And it's 99% and 1% of the water. <laughs> That's just a stressful thing to think about. Well, uh, here, here's another question right off the, uh, the bat. Justin, if you uh, want to answer on this, with this being the first time that 
the tournaments are doing the designated launches with, with what Ewing just said, and there being so many options and so many chances to fish your strengths, no matter what they are. Did you see any trouble with that, with having designated launches? And for people listening, a lot of folks think there's going to be like three and four launches per tournament. There were 23. So calm down. Yeah. 23, 20, I think I almost counted 24 or five or something like that. Yeah, it, it was definitely, um, I liked it personally, I'm, and I didn't. There were more people where I launched the second day. I think there were maybe four of us, five of us the first day, and maybe eight or nine of us. Uh, I, I fished a different place the second day, but it was nice. Um, and you know, I was talking to AJ after the event. Um, you know, a couple of the guys were complimenting him on you know, implementing that, and I know that was a. It had to be a stressful thing to kind of push that new rule because you, you always run the risk of upsetting some people but i think it, it was helpful here because he actually found something that i found when i was just trying to fun fish last time i was down here that the state like the the fwc website lists a bunch of the launches that initially hobie had mm-hmm. as as usable but they're not anymore there it's an old list um there's several that that were on the list that they updated throughout the week as anglers would go there and be like, Hey, this isn't public anymore. Um, or there, there'd be some sort of change. And, you know, I found that just trying to use one of these, you know, I'm, I'm looking on the, the Florida website, but it's, it, it lists it, it lists a point of contact, a phone number to contact the person. And I'm sitting outside this ramp and it, I, it used to be some sort of public facility. And now it's like an apartment complex and some guys like, yeah, I haven't been affiliated with that place in years. I don't know why my name's on there. So, I, <laughs> wow. If, if we, had, I'll, I'll put it this way: if we hadn't had that system that we have this time, I mean, who, I mean, anybody who looked at that list potentially could have run into problems there, uh, or we could have had people using launches that they thought were public but weren't, and it just, I think that eliminates a lot of gray. And as long as you have plenty of of launches like there were for this one i mean i mean if, if you had 10 10 people at every launch that's not crazy there's still plenty of water for everybody to share it's um you know like you were saying it's it's not like we were limited to just a couple of them there was there was at least one launch i think on every lake uh or you could get to every lake from from at least one launch point yeah it looked like there were some like in the canals and stuff too that you could mm-hmm. launch from yeah, it's, I think I think AJ did a really good job of it, uh, you know, and I, I think we're going to see a lot of the same, you know, with uh, the Bassmaster coming up on Gunnersville. I peeked at all the ramps on that, and I didn't count them, but same thing. I mean, there's so much public access on that lake as well. So, uh, and, and, and for Hobie, you know, being man-powered only, I, I think it really does. It kind of makes you work for it, you know, if you're the kind of guy that does like to get away, then this just, you know, makes that even more. So you, you just, you have to get away from the crowd and, you know, think outside of the box to do it. Uh, so, but no, uh, spots within the spot kind of places. Yeah. It'll make you better fisherman. Don't bitch about it. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, so we'll, we'll get right into the, the pre-fishing. So, uh, y'all, y'all have experience here, but, uh, Justin, what, uh, what, what was your pre-fishing like? Did you get down there in time to get on the water? I did. Um, I got out midday on Wednesday. 
and uh, it was it was tough for me. I I had it in my head that I was going to go down to Apopka and find grass and flip, um, and then try finding bedfish, and I could not get the the flipping bite to work at all. Um, I tried some some uh, canals and stuff looking for for bedding fish and an area where I'd found bedding fish before, and you know it was nothing. I might have found one little tiny buck up, but I spent basically the first two days and did not have much other than some places I eliminated. And it wasn't until the third day I went into Beauclair. I'd heard the water was clear there and I found some bed fish and, and that was kind of what I had to go on. And I don't, <laughs> I caught a fish. It's risky gambling on bed. Oh, yeah. It, it's a, it, it can, you know, it's a high risk, high reward kind of thing. Yeah. They can complete. I've had them completely ghost me, where they're they're there and you come back and they're gone. But it it can also work out really well if if they're actually, you know, still there and they're eating. Yeah, that was that was really the only thing I found, and I didn't find a ton of it. And I didn't. I, I like if I'm finding bedfish to find ones where I can pitch in there and get them to eat something with, with just using a screw lock, just so I can kind of know. Okay, I I at least got that one to bite. Um, I dropped on a few of them and they were, they were stingy. I couldn't get the ones I did find to eat, uh, but I, I didn't spend a ton of time. I just tried to find as many as I could. And then, you know, going into that night, I guess I looked at the forecast and saw the wind was just going to pound the the shoreline that I'd found them on. So uh, <laughs> that's my kind of luck. <clears throat> yeah. Practice was kind of, I think the biggest fish I stuck in practice was with a chatterbait. I, I caught a 15 incher <laughs> massive. <laughs> so I was, I, I he saved them all for the event so that's uh, i guess that worked out yeah i i basically just you know i thought maybe day two i can get on those fish in beauclair but day one um i i knew that it was just going to be a I, I didn't there was nothing that i found in practice i was confident in so i decided to fish something i had some history on hmm. that i got lucky well, uh, you and what about you? How, how did you approach your uh, pre-fishing? I mean, I got down there Thursday. Well, I guess Friday at 1 a.m. Um, I just I went to the lake that I had the least experience with, which is Yale. It's kind of the oddball. And with, you know, the tournament boats can't get there hmm. uh, with all the pressure that chain has been having this spring. I was decided I'd go check there. It seemed like my best option. And. They had sprayed a lot of the grass that week, so it made that lake's mainly grass, and it made it really tough. I found a bunch of fish on shell, but no size. I mean, it was I had like a 16 and a 17, but I knew that that wasn't going to do me much good. So I just went went to a, a area that I had practiced for in the college for the college tournaments, and just never could get get on it and i knew what it what it was capable of producing and it did exactly that and we're gonna get into that because uh that's still yeah, very lightly produced. very lightly put uh <laughs> so we'll we'll hop into day one right here so justin uh I, i'm not taking away justin you had a phenomenal day and ended up with 99 and three quarter inches so tell us about your day one well, it was it was nothing like Ewing's, but it, 
it was the best day I've ever had in a tournament. Best, best, uh, I guess length I've put up. And I, I kind of went to a stretch I'd fished before, uh, out off the bank just a little bit, not, not way. It, it's still shallow, but the, the grass wasn't as grown up in there. It wasn't as thick as it was last year. And I went down what I thought was the best stretch and didn't get a bite. Hmm. And after about an hour, I just decided to, I thought they, they might be a little behind where they were last year. I mean, where they're, I don't know, two or three weeks before the last year's Bassmaster. So I thought they might still be on the banks and I just went up. The water was dirty. You couldn't see them, but I just pitched a, a stick worm, um, missile baits, uh, six and a half inch quiver worm. I just started pitching that with a real lightweight, uh, putting it to the bank, you know, places where I thought there might be a bed and just fishing super slow. And like we're trying to blind fish beds, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Just slow Florida fishing, just kind of forcing myself to, Hey, we, we tried the, we tried the moving baits thing and it didn't work. And I was just fortunate that I figured out as quickly as I did that it, it was a slow deal. And my bite was a 21. And when its head came out of the water, I'm, I mean, it'd been so long since I caught a big fish. I'm thinking 10 pounder and I'm freaking out. But, uh, <laughs> Well, yeah, I had that, that same feeling this weekend, and then when it was only 20 inches, I was so depressed. <laughs> I was still pumped. The 21, I mean, 21 was a huge start for me with the way practice went. I went a little, you know, I might have gone another 30 yards down the bank and jumped off one that was probably 18. It, it shot straight under the kayak, and the line mm-hmm. got draped around the foot pedal. I had to poke the rod forward to pop the line free, and it gave him just enough slack to jump. Um, and that was probably an 18 plus I went a little further, caught a 15 and I felt like that was, I knew what I needed to do the rest of the day. And that's pretty much what I did for the next several hours. Um, I went back down the same stretch that I had fished moving baits through, went tighter to the bank. Um, and I caught one, uh, one that was, it was small, maybe 13 or 14 inches and literally pitched right back in, you know, I, put the fish on the board, measured it, submitted the photo, released, and then went right back and made the exact same cast and caught another 20. Um, so I know that was a betting pair. Yeah. And it just, it kind of, it was just kind of, I don't know, it worked out really fortunate. I, I there was another angler in there that was, uh, was catching them too. So I, I decided to hit a different stretch kind of, I, I think I had, close to 90 inches at that point so i was i was pretty happy i was thinking if i could get 80 you know based on how practice went it would be a good day and you know when i got to 90 i decided to go fish the windblown side and i just picked up a chatterbait covered water hmm. and i got fortunate and ran across two more you know 20 inch fish and you know then i at that point ewing hadn't posted uh, yet looking at 90 <laughs> you know i'm i'm pretty pumped I mean, even after he posted his limit, I was still stuck. Have yeah. what I had. It was, and that eighteen would have put you over the century mark. The that. yeah, and I, I, you know, you never know. I, I could have overestimated a little bit, but the there was a nineteen that I caught, and it, you know, when its head came up and you know it jumped, it didn't come all the way out, but I thought it was going to be like a seventeen or something. It ended up being almost twenty. So I, it wow. I didn't do a very good job of judging them, yeah. but it, I mean, I, I really can't. 100, 99 and three quarters, a hundred. I, I don't care. It's a good day. 
yeah no man that's, that's a good time I mean, maybe maybe later on you you'll look back on it and be like dang wish I had another quarter inch to break that hundred but you know in the heat of the tournament moment i mean 99 and three quarters you know hammering them either way you look at it so uh so uh just tell us a little bit about your. You told us the the worm. Just tell us a little bit about your your setup you were using there. Are you you throwing it on a fairy wand? You what you throwing with? It's uh, seven foot medium heavy. It's a quantum smoke. Um, I like that medium heavy for for. I think I was throwing a three sixteenth ounce weight, so it's relatively light. And that that medium heavy seven foot. I had it on seventeen pound line, so that's it's. It's probably about as light as you want to go down there, yeah. Uh, around around any kind of cover, uh, but that's for me. That's been enough to kind of get them out of the grass and whatever nasty stuff they're around. I don't it's basically I don't finesse fishing in Florida. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and that gives guys like me hope. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely wouldn't throw it on. I mean, I, I did throw a spinning rod at one point with braid. Uh, I think I had a twelve short leader on there, but. Um, yeah, most of what I was doing was just pitching that one rod. And I tried some beefier stuff. I tried, uh, flipping a D bomb at one point and for whatever reason, they just, they really like that, that subtle worm. I don't know what it is about it, but when they're, there's, there've been times for me when that, that subtle stick worm just outproduces something that's bulkier. It still blows my mind that how far we've come in fishing tech and fishing tackle and a straight, very yeah. basic piece of plastic, whether it's a stick bait or like a TRD, just still does it. I just don't understand it sometimes, but yeah, keep them with you. Well, uh, go ahead. I, you. I was going to say, there's been a lot of money won on stick baits and it's just so simple. Ah, yeah. <laughs> it just keeps going. I mean, keeps I, I'd never leave home Some without of the biggest them. biggest fish, too. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, so, you know, Justin was killing it. Had his hopes up high, 99 and three quarters after your pre-fishing. You were, you were stoked. And then here comes Mr. Ewing Miner just dropping the unholy hammer on day <laughs> one of this tournament. So, so walk me through day one, brother. And then I'm on, I'm actually I'm gonna share this photo of your big fish. Uh, so on day one, I started on this spot. There were probably thirty kayaks at my launch, Ooh. but Dang. I went right. They went left. Um, Did you get that feeling like, oh God, what do they know that I don't know? Or were you like immediately confident, like thank you no. Jesus? I was. I was. Well, when we were launching, I was thinking how many of these people found this spot. Yeah. Like how many people are going straight to my, yeah. my, my, um, my stuff? When they started going the other way, uh, I knew they were going to Beauclair, and I was happy about it. I was <laughs> y'all go ahead. I've done, been there, done that. Uh, there's a ton of fish in Beauclair, but it's hard to get a big bite. Um, a lot of people struggled with that over there, but... I got there and I started off by just chucking the jackhammer out there. I caught a 15 incher and then I had earlier, you mentioned having to take your hand off the reel, um, how that's inconvenient. Yeah. Taking my hand off the reel 
my bait was falling back to the bottom. It actually slipped off of the reel when I hmm. ripped it out of grass. And one, I'm, you know, I felt it thunk it on a slack line, leaned into it. It comes up jumping. It was a 21 incher. And at that time, I was kind of freaking out about a 21 incher. I was like, because yeah. it was, I mean, 10 minutes into the day or something, I was like, yeah, all right, this is, it's going to happen. I've already got my big bite that I need. Yeah. I was thinking I was going to catch, you know, 17 to 19 inchers. Um, didn't have, I on that day, I caught more fish over 20 inches than I did under. Actually, it wow. might have been the same amount. I, I caught like 11 or 12 fish and I caught six over 20. Um, but That's God, I want to have that problem one day. <laughs> I caught two Saturday and was stoked. I can't imagine six. <laughs> oh, I've been there to be stoked with two. I mean, you follow the, the one in the spring, the BOS event. I caught a 12 incher. I mean, it was 30 minutes left in the day and I was thrilled. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I sat there and just kept tweaking it to get it to hit hit 12 inches because, um, you know, you, you have those ups and downs and some yeah, sometimes for sure. You got to take your licks, but when I go to like this one was worth it. When I go to fall, it's usually not good. So, but no, I after that, that 21 incher, I just kept chucking and winding my chatterbait for five or so minutes didn't have a so the next time i ripped it out of grass i just killed it and then i caught i don't know like an 18 and another 18 maybe a, a few fish under 20 inches but hmm. then i caught you know after at 9 30 i think i had 95 97 inch somewhere in that range i can't remember the exact number um but i was just sitting off of it and jordan marshall he was actually he started there with me and he was still fishing so i i just sat there and i was letting him have at it because you know we had we had discussed fishing it together and you know the the possibility of going first and second place but so I was just sitting there and I was on my phone, just watching bass live, letting them rest. And, yeah. and he, he hooks up on one. So I decided to make a cast in there and, and uh, see if, you know, when he got a bite that if, if it would fire him up and he pulled his in, it was like 13 inches and I set the hook and it was another 21. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's gotta be demoralizing I, for the other guy though <laughs> yeah i after i caught that one and put it in the boats and got a good picture of it i just and i don't think i made another cast until he left because at that point i had nine i think that was when i had 98 um but then I'm just sitting there and Steve Fields pulls up. So I go take a couple more casts and caught a 21 and a quarter. And, and I was like, all right, I'm over a hundred inches. I'm done. I'm just going to sit here and 
to kind of guard your out. spot a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Just it's a popular area. Didn't want anyone sliding in. Even a yeah. even a bass boat doesn't re, doesn't matter why they're there. Just don't want someone catching them. But yeah. sat there a little while longer, and then Justin called up to ninety nine. And I was like, all right, that's kind of scary. Maybe I can get rid of one of these 18s. I mean, just like clockwork, I took four or five casts and set the hook. Well, I guess I was, I ripped it out of grass like I had been, let my bait fall back to the bottom. And I go to reel again. So I never felt it bite it. And it felt like I was hung up on grass. And I was just trying to get it out of the grass and it shook its head. (laughs) It started winding and, it never jumped, so I thought it was a catfish. Um, just the way it was fighting, it was really weird. It kind of rolled around some. Hmm. But I got it, it up to the surface, hook popped out, got the net under it, and that was the 24 and a quarter. And that put me at 107 God. at that point. Yeah. That's, so what did that call out for you, like an 18? 18? 18-something. 18 Wow, that's a massive call. <laughs> I have never with, seen yeah. a fish with a head profile that big. Oh, yeah, that like, thing. Its jaw looks like it's so much further back on its body. If, if but that then fish... it tapers off so fast. It's I mean, it's still 24 inches. And what, what do you yeah. think that one weighed? Eight? It was 8.4 I weighed it. Yeah. If it was pre-spawn, it probably would have been high 9, low 10. Yeah, yeah, that's but insane. Big old body on it. Yeah, it was it even even you know not having a belly. It was just thick all around, all the way through its tail. Yeah, I saw um, another twenty four that somebody had caught, and it looked completely different. Like yours has had a huge head on it, and like a little lighter color. And that one was like super dark. And that's. That's all on where it's living. Mine couldn't yeah. see three inches in front of its face. <laughs> yeah. It was sitting there, sitting in the grass and dirty water. But yeah, that one. Yeah, see, that one looks totally ones. different. Well, you can see right next to the kayak. That's exactly why it's looking like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that grass. But even like the head profile, it looks totally mm-hmm. different than that. Well, the different so. lakes will have different different body builds of the fish. Yeah. So it's it's interesting Different because genetics and all that, especially after seeing you know bass boat tournament people weighing in these fish, and you hear about where they caught them, you can tell where people were catching their fish. And after day one of the leader looking at the leaderboard, I, you know you can not exactly tell, but but you can pretty much see like, all right, they're either fishing this lake or this lake just by you know, a fish that lives in, in a popka is going to look completely different than one that lives in, in Dora. Uh, hmm. Yeah. Just from their environment. I mean, there's, it's most chains of lakes are pretty similar, but I mean, you're faced with completely different conditions in every lake on that, that chain. Um, yeah. But yeah, after that fish, I sat there until really the last minute and just thought about how a boat would probably pull in right after I left. So I made a few more casts and, and caught a 21 and got rid of a 20. So I mean, it's, it was just kind of one of those days you, I couldn't do anything wrong. It was going my way. And yeah, I was just calling 20s. That's insane. 
because I wasn't sure what, what the next day would bring. Um, right. I don't know if, if you're going to pull up and there was a bass boat tournament that blasted off earlier and there's two boats sitting on a place. So I wanted to get, get as much as I could on day one. What did you think I, your bag weighed? Um, I'd say around 30 pounds. I know I didn't have a fish under five. Um, one was probably right at six, but the other other 21s were were a little bit skinnier, but probably still in that five to five and three quarter pound range. 30 pound sack, man, 108 and a half inches. Absolutely. That's one of those. And Justin probably would agree to it. You just, you can't even be mad at that. Like yeah. that's oh, a no. hell of a day. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't mind getting beat nearly as much as like when you, it's not nearly as bad as when you screw something up and, and beat yourself. Like yeah. when you just, when somebody puts up numbers like that. I mean, it's, it wasn't meant to be. Yeah, it's, <laughs> just, it's just hats off to that person in that day. Exactly. And I, I would, man. I'd rather you beat the brakes off of me than beat me by a quarter of an inch. Like, you know, because it's always those thoughts. Like, man, I could have probably got a quarter out of an in- quarter of an inch out of one of those fish. You know, blah blah blah. But no, man, excellent first day. And I, I want to jump right into day two because day two was just crazy different. Uh, this is a cool example of how well a two day tournament process works because the leaderboards were vastly different the numbers were still there but the people that were on them changed so much and just for an example justin you know second place on day one uh let me click on the day two here you know justin ended up with a 19th second day which still was good enough to hold you in second place and that i love getting to see how that dynamic works versus when you see two guys just wire to wire it you know, uh, really, really cool. I mean, and it, it made for a good showing. I mean, riser, uh, Adam riser, you know, I think he was eighth day one and, uh, yeah, eighth day one with 90 inches and then fifth day two. And it jumped him one inch up under you, Justin, for third place. It's just really cool to see yep. the two day dynamic really work. But, uh, Justin, go ahead and tell us about how, how your day two worked out for you. Well, I, I kind of stuck with uh, what I had planned. I I knew from talking to the other angler with me on day one that, that they'd caught fish um, and, and lost some good fish too. And I, I looked around that last hour. I didn't fish a whole lot. You know, I, I went up in a couple of canals and just hoping to run across bed fish to, to see if I was kind of toying with the idea of going back there still. And I, I just didn't find anything that that I thought would would help or anything that was compelling enough for me to go back again. I've I've made that mistake too many times of catching fish in an area and then well that's where my fish are. I got to go back and it just I've learned that if I don't have confidence in it for the second day, then I I got no business going back. <laughs> so I went to Beauclair and went to that stretch where I'd found some bed fish, and it it did not go quite like I was hoping. Um, I'd seen the, the water was, was still, it was clear, much clearer than everywhere else that I saw, but it was dirtier than it had been in practice. And there was one stretch that was kind of along, a, I guess it was a, a West Bank that it was protected that day. It had been beat up the day before. 
and I, there was kind of a, a couple of docks that they were fish on and they, they were, and they weren't way back up underneath them, but it was kind of like right out at the very end of it. You could see where they had their, their bed, where the light was still getting in it. And those fish, at least a couple of the bucks were still there. Um, I had trouble when I went over to the eelgrass and you know, I'd found some along outside edges of eelgrass and then a few back up in the reeds, but it was real hard for me to see the ones in the eelgrass just with uh, that little extra cloudiness in the water made it, made it really hard to see. And then there were a bunch of other fishermen, you know, kayakers in that tournament and then boats going through everything. It was, it was very crowded, uh, a lot of fishing pressure that day. So I, I got what I could off of the, the, the one stretch and I, I found one female that she was not easy to catch. She ended up being 18. And I, I think I spent probably between 30 minutes and 45 minutes uh, sitting up, kind of getting the boat in the right angle and then just cycling yeah. through beats and eventually getting her irritated enough to where she'd actually eat. And uh, yeah, it, you know, another angler came by and asked, you know, Hey, how big is it? I'm, it's not big enough, but not for <laughs> but you know, when, when I had a bunch of 12 and 13s, it's, you know, the whole day I'm just thinking you don't get, you know, you don't get too many opportunities to put up a giant bag on day one and be in a position to have a good finish. Um, and I just, I was just, my, my goal is just don't blow it. Let's try to get it. And That's the mindset. after that 18 incher, uh, you know, I made another pass through and there was a, a kid that was, I, he was probably a teenager. I think he lived in one of these houses and there was a stretch that had uh, around these docks. There was some eelgrass right on the bank and I guess it was like a retaining wall, like a seawall and then a, a little bit of a gap and then eelgrass and there were some fish in that and, hmm. uh, he was basically just walking from dock to dock fishing them. So I, you know, I didn't want to go in and on him and try to, try to catch those fish. So I ended up just one of the spending a bunch of time in the eelgrass, not able to actually see anything. And finally just pushed back. I mean, I was basically just bulldozing through the reeds, standing up and, and paddle and just going back, trying to find stuff that other people wouldn't push into just looking for, you know, one, one fish. I got fortunate and found a 19 that I, I thought was at least 17. It was real similar to that 18. Just it, it didn't spook. It hung around, but it, mm. it took forever to get it to, to bite. Uh, I eventually had to catch the male first. And, uh, fortunately the, when I did that, the, the female started to get a little more aggressive, but it's still, even after I caught the male, it took at least another 15 minutes before I could get, get her. And then I was, I was feeling better. I think at that point I had close to 80 inches, which was kind of my, my target. I felt like if I could get 80, I, I, I would hopefully be in check range. Yeah. Still have a and good then, chance. Yeah. I mean, there were just so many people that had, I mean, I think there were over 10 anglers that had 90 inches the first day or better. And I yeah. think 50 that had 80 plus and with the, the type of fish that are in that chain, I felt like anybody could put like, like you and had that first day, anybody in the top 50 that had a day like that would, you know, would have a, a, a really high, high limit or two high two day total. Yeah. 
So I, but after, after that 19, I felt a little bit better. Uh, and I just, I decided, I think that was one thirty. out of the rest of the day. That's, I'm not going to make a cast until I, I see one that's going to help me. And I just kept bulldozing through reeds, getting on the inside. And I, I finally got in a stretch. You know, I don't know how many thousands of tilapia I saw. <laughs> there were tilapia beds all over the place. Wow. Yeah, that's crazy. And out like a sore thumb. Every once in a while, a lot of them are, are the tilapia are like a bright white, kind of like mm -hmm. blank sand. Every once in a while, there'll be a dark one that for a second looks, you know, you, you think, oh, is that one a large? <laughs> but I, I eventually got back in an area where it was, it was just, I think it was too thick for the boats to push back into it. And it was, it was crystal clear. And hmm. it was a, a patch of, of lily pads back in there behind the reeds that was maybe, I don't know, 15 yards long and five yards wide, something like that. And when I paddled up to it, I saw one spook out of it. And then I saw a male, the, the female had been like on the pad edge, uh, at least several feet away from where the bed was. But I, I made a note of where it was sitting and then just kind of worked my way all the way around the rest of that little protected pocket and then came back around at a better angle, stayed off of it, you know, used the power pole in the back and, uh, one of those, um, I forget what the, the brand of it, it basically had a six pound anchor on the, the anchor wizard on the, mm. the locking me in place. And the, fortunately that one was a little stupider. The, it only <laughs> took three pass to get the buck. And then the, you know, and it, not a giant, but it was, it was yeah, uh, still a good fish. Yeah. I didn't realize quite how big it was until it started to pull. But the, I think it took about three casts to get the buck. And then uh, I pitched back into where I thought, you know, even though it was clear, I was trying to stay far enough away that I wasn't spooking it. So yeah, I couldn't see it the whole time. But I saw, you know, I had it sitting in there kind of just dead sticked and then twitching it in the middle of the bed. And then when I swam it off the bed, I thought I saw the female kind of get aggressive and swim towards it. Hmm. And next cast, um, she ate it and just started swimming through the reeds. And when I leaned into her, you know, I could tell it was a little bit better than I initially thought. And yeah, 20 and a half. And then I was yelling and, and screaming. Yeah. <laughs> I was pretty, at that point I was getting paid. I figured, I don't know. I just, I, there's so many good anglers in these fields. I, I know, I know from experience it is you, you just don't, you don't count on anything and you know, you don't count the chickens before they hatch kind of thing. It, it, For it's, sure. Yeah. It, you can think you're doing great and then people will post a bunch of big fish after the, the leaderboard shuts off. So I, I felt like I did enough hope, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for a top 10 and it really wasn't until the, the award ceremony that as they're, they're cycling through, um, you know, I didn't get called in the 15 through 11. So I'm thinking, all right, there's, there's a victory. And then I didn't get called 11 through six. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm definitely fifth. <laughs> <laughs> better and better i'm expecting to hear that 99 inches on day one and i'm you know i'm not fifth and i'm like what <laughs> i i almost looked around and like said something like well but uh yeah and that's the same kind of deal fourth and and then i realized well dang i'm gonna get a trophy and i still thought i was gonna get a third place trophy <laughs> i was just kind of dumbfounded standing there with uh you know i just i knew that my day wasn't great on day 
it was barely enough. Um, so yeah, I, I can't complain at all. I mean, it hats off to you and it, he earned that win. And I, I kind of knew I, I was joking with some buddies that when I heard his, his, uh, him talking to AJ after the first day and I heard what he was doing, he wasn't bed fishing. He was, he was fishing the, you know, grass. Something's going to reload. I was like, yeah, we're all, yeah. we're all second. <laughs> I didn't think it was going to be. Bad, you know? He's not gambling on this one. He's going to yeah, take it out pretty much. That, what he was doing is a smart way to fish. And, uh, it just, yeah, I, I, I had no doubt. I mean, you just look at all that stuff on the wall behind him. I was totally yeah. watching the, the KBN show. I think it's like, it's gotta be $40,000 just in the, yeah. uh, those Hobie checks on the wall behind him. So I was not surprised at all. So do you think the second day had better, so it had better conditions for like sight fishing and um, being able to make that, that bite happen, I guess. Uh, the stretch that I'd found. Yeah. And probably most places the wind laid down. So it okay. was, I, I wasn't even going to try it in the, I, I was in a, a small protected area the first day and it was still choppy and nasty in places. So I, you could probably find a canal somewhere and and sight fish but yeah the ones i found it, it wasn't it wasn't a, a smart game plan for the first day right makes sense well good job man you still you know like you said you you overcame the you know you know a little bit worse day fishing you still had a phenomenal day with 87 uh yeah 87 on the dot and uh you know, good enough to take home second. Your your two day total one hundred and eighty six and seventy five. It kept you one inch ahead of Adam Riser with one eighty five and uh, three quarters. So uh, yeah, you was one of those guys that had a good second day. Yeah, like, he was one that uh, he flipped the leaderboard around for himself. Yeah. Uh, so you and take us into uh, how you how you close it out. Well, I was um, just went back to the same spot. And before first cast, there were there was a school of needlefish came over the grass. The fish started going crazy. Hmm. Then I don't know, five to ten minutes before first cast, a bass boat ran over the grass, and they quit doing that. First cast, I start throwing nothing. Another bass boat runs over it, and it was just kind of that was the story all day. Early on, I backed off a little bit. And I was kind of just fishing the very edge of it at that point, but I caught two that weren't even, they weren't even like within 15 yards of the grass. They were both over 19 inches. I don't know why they were out there, but they were, I guess, probably just bass boats running over their heads. They don't like it, but yeah, I mean, people can say that the wind messed, you know, not having the wind messed it up, but I, I mean, I, saw what the fish were doing when they would have a break from bass boats running over them. But I mean, it's 15 to 20 minutes before you get it after a bass boat running over. Having a bass boat run over your spot every 10 to 20 minutes, it just makes it really tough to get bit. So would they like was, acknowledge you before they run over your spot? Like, no, you, they, not at all. I was going to say, like, how close are I mean, obviously, they're running over close enough I mean, to casting I, distance. I could have, you know, 
most of them were probably, you know, just outside of casting dis- distance, but I would say throughout the day, at least 15 to 20 boats, I could have landed my jackhammer on their front deck. I mean, not, not just, it wasn't like they were cruising along 40 miles an hour, like run 60, 70 miles an hour across the grass flats. Jesus. Yeah, they're just mad. They heard some college kid come down there and dropped a 30 sack and none of those (laughs) douchebags know how to do that. I so. Um, (laughs) No, they were probably more mad that I was fishing that spot. And it's obviously a very popular place. It's a really good spot in a area that's known for producing big bags. So... They had to know the grass there, but they Florida Florida natives don't really care about <laughs> they're not. Um, hmm. But yeah, I mean, after those two nineteens, really just struggled for a long time. I picked up a worm and filled out my limit, but they were all small. I didn't get a bite over sixteen inches on a worm. Um, ended up just going back to the jackhammer and at the. I caught a few, you know, not great, great sized fish, but not terrible throughout the day. And at the very end, where all of the bass boats had started making their way back to the ramps uh, for weigh-in for their tournaments, I guess. Yeah. It was just player boaters out there, and they would listen to me when I'd stand up waving like a madman to, to go around. Um, <laughs> so I was able to have about, you know, a solid 45 minutes without a boat running over top of those fish. And I was able to catch a 17 and a quarter and a 20 and a quarter, I believe is what it was. Yeah. Hmm. Now that's what, because before I had those two fish, I was sitting there thinking, yeah, someone's probably going to run me down and, and pass me. Like It was very doable. Um, felt like at that point, the door was wide open for someone to slide in and win it. And once I had those two fish, I was like, all right, someone's really going to have to. Yeah, somebody's really going to have to put in a, after put another that. 110 inches or something up to catch yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. so I was I was pretty comfortable with where I was sitting. I knew that, that Justin still, like, he didn't have to have much better of a day than the day before to, to catch me. So when when kept calling his name or calling names, how he was sitting there thinking, man, I couldn't have finished this good. I was like, man, what's he hiding? Like, <laughs> oh, no, he broke last, time, last time I checked the leaderboard, he was in fifth. Like, <laughs> couldn't be good. He was trying to, you know, get a little bit of revenge for me, me not posting him on the first day. <laughs> yeah. No, he, I mean, I was, I was sitting there. That, that thought did go through my mind. Like, I was like, oh, he would only have to have, like, 102, which is not – I mean, it's not like it's something crazy out down there in Florida. Yeah, people that's catch definitely doable. I mean, and especially after you put up 108 and then he put up just under 100, you know that yeah. it's completely possible. Yep. And, I mean, I I knew where he was fishing and I knew the kind of caliber fish that, that come out of there. So I didn't know that he had moved for day two. Um hmm. Which, I mean, still, uh, 
Buclair has giant fish in it. And if you get the right five bites, especially with what he was doing sight fishing, you can pull up on, you know, any bank and every 15 yards, there's a 20 plus incher on it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's just Florida in general. Like, there's, you can pull I wish up. You that. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's yeah. awesome. Well, well, good job, man. You know, overcoming the the adversity of you know, assholes. I mean, I can't think of a better way yeah. to put it. I mean, I, I know, like me personally, it would have just made me so mad. Like I would have probably, like I, I can think on a level head for a lot of it. Like you, you know, okay, bass boat hits it about twenty minutes before I'm gonna get a bite. But the just constant rhythm of it, I would have probably bailed on that spot at least to go looking for something. You know, and. I had fished around that area quite a bit, you know, in the pre in January when I had those college tournaments and I knew I didn't want to be anywhere but there. <laughs> it's kind of like, I was like, but I was sitting there thinking, okay, I need, need to call like a 16 or something. I was like, I really need to, you know, I don't know anywhere else I can catch a fish of that caliber. It's like, I know they live here. They're here. All it takes is a boat not running over it for a little while. Um, mm. And also, I knew if I left it, someone else would slide in. Like, it wasn't, oh, let me leave and come back. It's if I leave, I probably can't come back. Yeah. Um, so you, you, you really had to stick to your guns. Yeah. So. Like I just, I didn't have a choice. I was, if I wanted to fish there, I had to stay there all day. Mm. Um, and how, had, how how big of an area are we talking about? Like 50, 60 yards. Oh, wow. Wow. You think if you were in a bass boat that they would have done the same thing, like run straight by you like that? No, probably not. I mean, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I was, I, I mean, was it, and it, that's just kind of disrespectful. I feel like. Mm-hmm. Any, but to show how small of an area. I've got a got a snapshot of my graph. <laughs> All the X's are touching each other. <laughs> I don't know if you can see those those lines, but oh my lord, <laughs> it's just a black dot that's in the middle from all the lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't move a whole lot. Um, I mean, I, it looks like you took like an etch a sketch and just went back and forth right to the, the same spot. That's, that's <laughs> what I was doing. It just. It was just a 360 instead of etch a sketch. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's 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 not like I was I wasn't the only thing different I was doing as far as my fishing was pausing the jackhammer after reeling it after ripping it out of the grass. It's it was more about the spot than the the presentation, but it yeah. definitely day one kind of proved that. I mean, those fish do get hammered, so it's doing something a little bit different would made a huge difference. So, like, when you're talking about reeling it, ripping it out of the grass, or so are you like reeling it into the grass and then kind of letting it get hung a little bit? Or like, I was I was fishing deep grass, so I would throw it out there, let it fall to the bottom, start reeling it when it would you know, get hung up in grass. I just rip it out real quick and just let it fall right back to the bottom. So what kind of setup are you throwing to, tr- to be able to rip it out of grass like that? 
it's just a seven foot one medium heavy um has a little bit softer tip but it gets into the into the backbone pretty quick yeah good for when you snap it out of grass you can't just have a extremely parabolic rod yeah and it's gonna absorb that mm -hmm. shock basically if you and also that softer tip you know when they when they are eating it a little funny or something it gives them time to get it in their mouth you won't rip it out and then you have enough backbone to yeah pull a 24 inch fish out of some grass <laughs> yeah what kind of line are you using on that i've heard people throwing like braided line to do that but i'm 17 I pound cigar and biz x i never i threw the same jackhammer the both days i did re-spool my line after day one because i was like that's I mean, that's a lot of stress. On that. I was like, that's, that's at least three or four months worth of big fish in one day. It's like, I, <laughs> I, uh, but Just do a little due diligence. I and mean, swap her out. Never, never snapped off once. Hmm. I didn't retie as much as I should have, uh, just with the amount of pressure I was putting on, but it, yeah. it held up just fine. I, I mean, Invisex is is about the perfect line. It's not terribly expensive, and it, you get the performance out of a, a top end line for sure. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, heck yeah, man. That's 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 awesome to hear. I like thinking of exactly how small the spot is. Just like broadens this whole thought of this <laughs> tournament even more for everybody listening. Like. You know, I might tell you that I fished one area, like like an area that me and Garrett fished together on Gunnersville all the time. You know, that area is still like a mile, you know, or more. But to think about sitting in a, you know, 50, 60 yard, yard spot for yeah. two days, two <clears> days, <throat> and making it work, that's just insane to think about. So, hell yeah, congrats on that, man. You, end, you ended the weekend with 201 and a half for the win. So uh, the big 108 inch, 108 and a half inch day really, really helped keep you up there with that, you know, fishing being a little tougher the next day. But uh, that's leading us into the part of the show that we like to to let you guys talk a little bit about uh, your sponsors and everybody that makes fishing easier for you. So, uh, Justin, if you want to, you know, anybody you got to thank for for this event or, you know, that helps you with fishing, just uh, go ahead and shout them out. Yeah, I'll, I'll thank mom and dad first for all their support. Little um, baits, everything I caught, even the the chatter bait I was throwing there new. It's a they've got a a deal with Hog Farmer, where they're basically making that spunk shad, uh, but with missile colors. And oh, wow. uh, that's what that's I was awesome. trailer the the four and a half inch. It's a I can't I think it's called Fishalicious, but it's kind of like a translucent -y, uh kind of pearl color just up with a white chatterbait hmm. um i gotta thank vicious that uh that 17 pound line um that held up for me too i was fortunate not to break any off um dakota is a, a new one for me so I'm, I'm real grateful to them for for powering me this season i'm, I'm looking forward to i, I kind of tested my motor for the first time uh, during practice, so I'm I'm looking forward to playing around with that NK180 at a KBF and at the Bassmasters and having a little more range than I'm used to. Um, 
and then there's a uh, a local shop. Uh, their their website is Paddle VA, but the company is Appomattox River Company. Um, they sell you know a lot of great fishing kayaks and everything from inflatables and canoes, anything to get you out on the water. Um, so and and uh, Hobie, obviously, I I love my Outback. I've I've had it for this is the third season. I'll be using it, and uh, it's uh, I've had a lot of fun in that boat. But yeah, uh, that's it for me. Awesome, awesome. Well, before we get to Ewing, uh, what's your? Uh, I know we talked about it before we got on the air, but uh, what what's your next stop for the the kayak tournaments? I've got. Uh, I'm down here in South Carolina for the the KBF on Murray. And then, uh, then on to, I think it's Gunnersville the week after that. So it's a busy month for me. Yeah. Yes, well, well, we're looking forward to seeing you down there at Gunnersville. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you guys will be, uh, yeah. <laughs> you guys will be tough to beat with that local, uh, local knowledge. Ah, I usually beat myself. So you got nothing to worry about. Yeah. <laughs> I, I got fine. the knowledge. You're right. If we were basing it off knowledge, I'm very confident, but then the skill thing comes in and my bad luck. And then it just goes right out the window. The so. execution. That's that's the part. Where yeah, we, we, don't, I don't, we don't, we don't, we don't have that. But, uh, what about you, you and who, who makes fishing easier for you? I mean, dugout bait and tackle has been great since day one. That's near the whole reason I'm gotten into this level of, of kayak fishing with, you know, Jane Coza letting me use that kayak for the first two events. And since then, I mean, anything that I need done with my kayak, whether it's electronics, you know, a little bit of warranty work, whatever it is, he's always on it and they do great work down there. Um, also have just about anything fishing you could need so you can make it a one-stop shop and Either get your kayak worked on, get a new kayak. They just started carrying old towns. So people that want that that spot lock already integrated into their, their boats, that, that might be something that interests them. But yes, yeah. um, then I've got to thank the Carson Newman. They've, you know, had my back in, in these, these tournaments. It's been a, the kayak team. It's getting new and there's any any of the younger audience watching right now uh, or people that know someone that might want to get into college kayak fishing feel free to reach out to me on instagram facebook you just look up my name it should pop up but uh newport vessels is as justin said it's i've been running it for a year and a half now i know he's gonna be thrilled with it because that thing it keeps going. You can run into whatever you want. It won't break. Um, the Bionic yeah, Power, I mean, I've been running the same two batteries for my trolling motor and graphs for a year and a half. And I love the batteries. It's I've noticed a significant difference in the, the images that my graphs produced since the previous unnamed company that I bought their batteries. Hmm. Um, but bioeno batteries are top notch, man. Yeah, they're uh, they, they yeah they, they just they're fancy. they're great. Yeah, no, they don't. They are very bad. Like they have like zero tech and time in the case. But 
where it counts, I think they're probably one of the top battery companies in the country, and not a lot of people would know that. It's I haven't had a single issue out of them, and depending on what's wondering, you probably shouldn't submerge them. They probably don't recommend it, but if you do happen to flip, they will. They will make it through. Um, wow. Yeah, and Seagar, Floor, Garbin, uh, Z-Man does a lot for, for our, our team, so got to thank them since since uh did catch them all on a jackhammer. And yeah. Revo Sunglasses, uh, been rocking them since the – in the first year that I started fishing the, the major kayak tournaments and super light, comfortable, and especially in that Florida tournament, it's bright and sunny down there. They don't call it the Sunshine State for no reason. <laughs> for sure. <clears throat> yeah, I think I've seen like half the field come back with raccoon eyes and sunburn all over their bodies and stuff. I was, I was only out there for three days. There were people out there, you know the whole week and i can't imagine I, when i was there in january it was a lot cooler didn't get it burnt but yeah even with 50 spf redhead can't handle it yeah well, i feel that ginger life bro i yeah, know what you're I talking got, <laughs> i gotta cover like every inch of my skin to... it, he literally does man only thing you can see are his fingertips and like a I, maybe his like, nose this, this, like my my face or something yeah yeah that dude's completely covered when he's out there well that's awesome guys well we uh, appreciate y'all so much taking the time to come hang out with us tonight and tell everybody about about the tournament and you know both y'all having freaking awesome uh you know weekends and then those two great days but uh we do we thank y'all so much and uh we hope to and i'm sure we will uh we've had yeah. both of you on before so i know we'll have you in again but uh best of luck to y'all on your upcoming event so you and what's your next one for sure caddo i might hop in, in gunnersville uh, i mean it's not too far and it's i have spring break for that week of of uh, caddo so i might just stop on the way down at gunnersville and just go in blind see what i can <laughs> there you go going blind catch another giant check <laughs> yeah I've never fished that place in the spring, so I don't know. It's all really? been in the fall. Yep. Before, but before, um, before Harris Chain, uh, Gunnersville was home of my my biggest bag in a kayak tournament. Yeah. So he's got that working for him. So here he yeah. comes. <laughs> that, was, that was in September. So. Sign up if you don't want. <laughs> all right. Yeah. Don't, don't sign up. Unregister right now. Let's not even show up. I haven't signed up yet, so I may not now. I'll just fish the. There's two local events going on. I'll just fish those instead. But uh, no, again, guys, we thank you so much, and good luck to your upcoming, you know, events and the rest of the season. And hope to have you back on. Thanks for having us. Yeah, yeah. for sure. No problem. Y'all have a good rest of the night. Good luck. And we'll see y'all. See you. Awesome. Yeah, man. I hope that one day. Whether it's tournament or not tournament, I throw up 108 inches. <clears throat> yeah, that's, I mean, that's just insane to think about. 30 pounds, even, sack, even like bro. a 95 inch limit is hard to come by. Well, a lot around here at least, but oh man, like breaking that 100 inch century you know, mark. I, I was feeling real confident 
went to this place, you know, first fish 20, next fish 20. I was like, oh my God, I'm finally going to have one of those days. And then I never caught <laughs> yeah. anything else. And I found out I misheard my buddy. I thought he told me that they had planned on going out the day before to the spot that I went and they didn't, but they did. So he had been showing me all these fish they had caught. They all like everybody caught one over like three or four pounds, you know, a bunch of good, good, long kayak. I was. (laughs) I texted him and I was like, man, I caught some great ones, but my God, the bite was just so sporadic. And he was like, well, we were beating on them yesterday. And I was like, (laughs) oh, well, shit. (laughs) But yeah, it's, it's crazy. The Harris chain. I really wanted to hit it last year right after Kissimmee, but at the time, and I just couldn't make it happen. And, you know, again, this year, just not getting, being able to get down there, but I, I'm going to make it next year. I think that might be my destination trip because I mean, if most of us listen to the show, you know, you keep up with the bass boats. I mean, Florida has just been showing out period. Okeechobee yeah. showed out. Kissimmee chain showed out. Harris like chain showed out. 30 pound bags almost every day. Out yeah. There. And this maybe there somebody were, different, but it's like thirty. Somebody's catching a thirty-pound bag. And this, so this is a kayak tournament. <clears throat> there were fifteen hundred fish caught <laughs> yeah. at the Hobie and event alone. One hundred and fifty-five anglers and fifteen hundred fish. That is nuts. Yeah, good fish. Almost that's a. I think that's over. Yeah, that's almost over ten fish a piece. Yeah, <laughs> like nine point something, whatever. But. And it, absolutely crazy and then um i'm gonna run over some of this so uh tourney x is working again so i got us some tournaments to go over uh the first one on the list was the hobie bass open so we already know our first second and third ewing uh justin and adam riser um but just to go over some notes that my my wife made so Shane Williams in 16th caught a 23 and a half. Jason Isaacs in 40th caught a 24 and a quarter. Russ Kennedy in 82nd caught a 23 and three quarter. Brett Walker caught a 23. Jody Queen caught a 23. John Brooks, 23 and a quarter. And then Seth (laughs) Willoughby, who ended up in 95th place on day two, caught a 25 and a half. Like, that place put out freak fish all weekend. You just can't. How many over 20, but I think almost everybody in the top like 50 had a 20 at yeah there was i was just glancing at it i was gonna try to i was trying to pay attention to the to the guys and i was gonna try and count that but there was an absolute stupid amount of fish 20 inches and up caught it is just insane and uh i mean in that that those notes that i just read off none of those were under 23 so there's i mean yeah. ewing had a sack full of 21s there were ridiculous amounts of good fish caught I can't stress that enough. But uh, no, so for the first time of the year, we will move into the tournament recap. So uh, first up oh, on the list, do? <laughs> you just sit there and smile. <laughs> but uh, first hands? up on the last was the, the Tennessee Kayak Anglers uh, trail stop on Norris Lake. 31 yeah. anglers. It's a three fish tournament. First place, Luke Graham with 56. Second place, Joshua Russell with 55. Third place, the man, Josh Sharp, with 51 and three quarters. It's pretty solid limits for Norris. Yeah, I don't know much about that one. It's like basically a giant highland reservoir. Like, it's a huge lake. Hmm. I'll check it out. It's like, I think it's second to Kentucky Lake for the biggest lake in Tennessee. Oh, damn. (laughs) Yeah. 
So uh, moving on from there, we have the South Carolina Bass Nation Kayak Series on Lake Leoie. Or, yep, we're going to go with that. Uh, <laughs> it was a double dip event with uh, Queen City Kayak Bass Fishing, uh, 32 anglers, five fish limit. First place, Jonathan Yoder with 88 and three quarters. Second place, Shane Mills with 83 and a half. Third place, Bennett Nall with 81 and three quarters. Next up was the the Queen City event that was happening at the same time. 55 anglers in that one. It was a four fish limit. Uh, same winner, Jonathan Yoder, but with 71 and a half for his four fish. Second place, Yi Hang with 71 and a half. And third place, Jeremy Heath with 67 and a quarter. Uh, moving on from there, we had the Yakabass event on Lake Orville in Lodi, California. 120 anglers out. So California's got the numbers again. Yeah, that's a uh, big event. Oh, yeah. Five fish limit first place, Joseph Tax, 76 and a quarter. So that's a tough day. Uh, yeah. 76 for five fish. That's not, that's not good fishing, but, uh, that's first place, first place. Wow. Uh, second place, Danny Miller with 74 and three quarters and third place, Mike Ensign with 74 and a quarter. One of the dark horse guys getting up yeah. there. And if I remember correctly from seeing Greg Blanchard post, Greg Blanchard was fourth and one more of their guys was fifth. I think like four of the, however many of their dark horse crew was in the top yeah. 10. So they showed up and showed out and, Drink was it mostly like all spots? Is it? I think that is one of the spotted bass. I don't yeah. know much about Orville. Uh, moving on from I there, you've been there before, but it's yeah, basically. Yeah, all you spotted you bass. should know you you were a Cali boy for a short <laughs> amount of time. But uh, next up, twenty twenty three California Bass Na- Bass Nation Kayak Trail Series uh, Bullard's Bar event. Mm-hmm. It was a doubles event with the Wild West Bass Trail twenty nine anglers five fish limit. Um, we had the same finishes for uh, both of these events. Uh, David Barofko with 70 and a, 70 and three quarters. Second place, Abel Patino with 65 and a quarter. And third place, Shane Jones with 65. So another tough day at a different body of water in Cali. Yeah. But that is it for the tournament recap for last week. I'm glad that Tourney X is finally freaking working again <laughs> so we can talk about other tournaments at the end of the day yeah so congrats to everybody that got mentioned and for uh since this is the first time in 2023 we got to do it uh the way it works if you didn't know is if your your club fishes an event as long as you have 25 anglers in the event we will cover the recap uh but if you ever are listening and you want us to cover your event even if it's just at the end of the show you know a tournament where you maybe only had 15 people but there were some stupid sick bags caught (laughs) Uh, just reach out to me or Garrett, uh, Facebook, Instagram, shoot me the details. I'll look it up and I'll make sure you get the shout out that you deserve. You mind if I shout out our club's event? No, fuck your club. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, well, it was a little rough on us. Uh, we fished Center Hill and uh, we had three anglers with a limit and those three finished first, second, and third. And they were all fishing like a mile from each other. Uh, but they. We had Trent England had 51 inches. Tyler Phillips had 50 and a quarter inches. And then Jesse England had 49 and something, some change. Jeez. So tough day, yeah. tough day. Yeah, tough. 21 anglers and three limits. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I hope that that shit stays with you. For the next two weeks, because I might be going to fish a tournament this weekend on a little lake in Coleman that I'm not going to name because I don't want anybody to know about it that don't live here. And yeah, well, Center Hill is one of those lakes that's super, uh, 
sensitive to uh, rain, I guess, like runoff, and it'll jump like 20 feet in a day almost, it seems. Like, I think during the event, the water rose like two to three feet. Jesus. From the from lines in to lines out. I remember I've got to experience that in a tournament one time before. Uh, Logan Martin did that, the very first Bassmaster tournament uh, in the kayaks. Yeah. Uh, it, it rose three feet in one day. And that was, yeah. that was like, I'm sure I've seen it in the boat before, but I guess it didn't make as much sense in the boat, but in a little <laughs> yeah. paddle kayak. I know I was yeah. murdered that day, but, but either way, in a little plastic kayak, three feet of water raising a day, you really notice it. Like, yeah, it's insane. Well, yeah. Anyway. What else you got for us, man? Anything else you want to hit? Um, that's about it. I mean, I'm gearing up for the Tennessee Bass Nation on Chick this weekend. I think we'll probably have 60 or 70 guys in that event. Nice. Um, sure Chick will show out. Yeah, I, I think I think it's been fishing pretty hot lately, and I'm going to try to go down Friday and get my confidence back a little bit. From It's going to be funky. It's supposed to be in the 80s tomorrow. Yeah. And then, and then it's going to pump a cold front and some rain, and then it's going to try to clean back up by the weekend. Yeah. So, the, I mean, it's the time um, of the year. The fish yeah. are moving up, so they're not getting pushed that far back off when there's weather changes. Um, and, I mean, I could even notice that this weekend. Like, yeah. we had a cold front. The fish are still in the area, fed up, full eggs, ready to do the deed, you know. So, Yeah, but we'll be... In between moon phases, right? Like, kind of. I haven't actually looked. I, mean, I need to look. I think the full moon is coming, but it's not till I think it's not till Gunnersville. So, I'm sure Steve puts exciting. that on that. It's, <laughs> yeah. See, I have trouble fishing full moon tournaments, and it's probably because of how I fish. Yeah, that a lot of those fish I'm fishing for are doing their work during the full moon at night. So yeah. it's like you usually don't catch that second bite window till late in the day. So I have to keep those things in mind that like I usually sometimes you'll catch some of the, the good active stragglers in the morning. Yeah. But I've definitely beat myself by going after spawning fish versus, you know, pre or post spawners. And yeah, that whole moon phasing just kicked me in the butt. Like I used to be super confident with it, but it was because I was night fishing. But like, yeah, you can't do that in these tournaments. So, yeah, I mean, this is like probably the most important time of the year, I think, for moon phase to pay attention to it. And oh, yeah, I'll be completely honest. Once spring leaves, I don't ever look at it again. Dead serious. I only look at it when I'm night fishing. Exactly. I like fishing full moons because I can actually see what I'm doing. Exactly. (laughs) I've been, you know. I know lunar phases have effect on pressure and fishes and all that bullshit, but yeah, it's like how many times have I went fishing when the lunar apps tell you that this is the worst day to go fishing and I've had a great day. Yeah. So, <clears throat> but in the spring, I actually lean on it a little bit. Yeah. I don't mean, I don't pay attention as much, I guess, to the daily cycle of the moon phase, but more so like the full moon's coming this is when, I mean, even if it's not bass, like other species are trying to spawn at this time. Then um, do that's, I mean, they're all kind of different, but a lot of them, I feel like 
use the moon phase for when they try to spawn. So try to and make your game plan I, based on that. I'm sure Gunnersville's going to have a huge combination. I guarantee you they've been yeah. spawning for in the last two weeks. Yeah, with as warm as it's been down here, unusually warm. I wouldn't have said that last year at all. But no. This year it kind of feels like it could be an early which spawn. Oh, makes or me a longer spawn, which would be awesome. Because it ma- makes me feel better because I think we'll have more options. I yeah. think, especially in our little area, like we've got, we have opportunities for staging areas, you know, push out all, areas all when they recycle. Spawn. Or, yeah, yeah. So uh, when we fished it last year for the KBF, they were like in one spot. Like yeah. that was it. And I found that out the hard way. You stayed, I went searching and I should not have. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I found one good one, but that fish should not have been there. Uh, Wasn't it was like an old... 18 inch spot or something like that? Like an 18 and a half or something? Uh, 19 and three quarter. It tied my biggest spot. That's stupid. <laughs> yeah. I, I tied <laughs> my biggest spot three times last year before I broke it. And uh, it's funny. I didn't know this till the other day, but the guy that I, he, took me fishing with him in a tournament and I caught my PB spot with him. And then he took me fishing to one of his creeks he wanted to explore. And I caught my PB smallmouth. So that's probably why he didn't take me fishing anymore, but yeah, <laughs> you hit that guy up. That's how you get. Oh, I had, man, he's, he's the one that's talking me into fishing this tournament this weekend. He said he's on a bite that no one else will be doing out there. Hmm. So I'm, and it's something I like doing. So I might, I'm not going to say it. Cause some of those dudes listen to this, but, uh, where are you, you going to be uh, this weekend? One of the one of the Coleman lakes. Okay. Uh, I won't so, say. I mean, which is it one like it a is, tur- is, like a tournament? A, yeah, lo, the the Coleman kayak anglers is their season okay. opener. Um, I fished two of their events last year. I got second and third. I told myself <clears> I would actually fish the whole trail this year and pay into the AOI and yeah. you know try and qualify for their classic. Just, I mean. I took their tournaments absolutely not seriously last year. No pre-fishing showed up blind and I had fun and I did really good. So I'm, I'm thinking about just approaching the whole season yeah, that way. Same approach. So, I mean, and I mean, I've, I've been, I've went on two fishing trips called three twenties. I mean, I'm not Ewing, but uh, yeah. so far my <clears> fishing <throat> year has started off uh, with confidence, which is great because I struggle in the springtime. Yeah. As much as I like it, until I can get on fish on bed, I suck in the spring. I can't catch them when they're starting to move up. I can't catch them when they're feeding up for it. Until they start their bedding cycle, I can't catch them. And I've been doing pretty good this year for only two trips out. I mean, I haven't been doing anything different. I've been just, I've, I've been locking a Chad jackhammer in my hand. Uh, and what's funny is I felt stupid <clears throat> throwing it. And now I don't. I was throwing a fire crawl jackhammer with a crawl trailer and was like, this is the stupidest thing I should be doing right now. And I started <laughs> yeah. wrecking them and was like, okay, nope, never mind. Well, I mean, that and a crankbait. I, I picked up crankbait again. That's the bait on my list this year. Crankbaits and Ned Riggs, two things to work on. And yeah, Ned Riggs still ain't worked yet, but I picked up a new crankbait and I saved the Ned Rig till the summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's so, it's just so it. hard for me to throw the Ned. I just, I mean, right now, obviously, I'm not tied it on through it and then stopped. But yeah, it's all about power fishing right now. I'm hoping, man, I know what the bite's going to be doing down there this weekend, but I would love for something to change it and it be an A rig thing Hmm. because I'm ready to get on them on an A rig again. Yeah. 
Uh, that's I haven't really had much of luck on an A rig since like one year. I was really good with it, and I think maybe I changed my setup, and now it's not not clicking anymore. So I need to go back. Man, my mine's so basic. I just throw the <clears throat> uh, the umbrellas. Yeah. And, uh, I'm I still throwing those, but it's I just changed rods and line so i mean i think i need to go back to i changed line uh we had that episode with steve-o i went with exactly what he said and i'll give it to him it is stupid tough uh i I, the only thing i hung my a-rig in all weekend was trees like submerged trees and submerged (laughs) brush you just pull the tree up (laughs) it would it like i uprooted a root ball and then one time i actually had to go get it and the line never frayed wow i have not retied that knot I mean, there was no, I went at four foot of that, that line and not a scratch on it. And I threw it a good bit of the day. I would, I was cycling between it and the chatterbait. Cause I'd throw the chatterbait up like in the brush. Like, yeah, I get brave throwing chatterbaits, which is kind of stupid. Yeah. I mean, when I bought, when I caught that big one, I did it. It we went through the heart of a brush pile, snagged up, and I smacked it loose and she just woofed it right i mean i've yeah i felt her inhale it and then pin it to the mud and then i had to bring her through the next brush pile with it and awesome. that line that yoziri line man it's tough i don't i don't like the way it feels i didn't like the way it went on the reel but it casts so good and yeah. it is tough. i think it it act it performs better than it looks i guess yeah like when i pulled it off the line off the spool, even after putting it on the reel, like on my crankbait rod, you pull it out and then relax it, and it just winds up like a yeah, you know, spring, like a, a spring. Bit. And I was like, oh my god, <laughs> this is crap. Yeah, but I've caught. I still have not retied that crankbait one time, <laughs> yeah. and it is still not frayed. The knot still has not popped, and I've had yeah. that crankbait jammed up in some stuff, and it is not <clears throat> yeah, that's, changed. That's it. what I was trying to say. Like I. Uh, did that all last? I think I went five events without retying a crankbait or square bill that I was just grinding through rocks and stuff. That's I what I've been doing, man. I've, I've been, <laughs> I, I like Strike King. Uh, I don't get fancy with crankbaits. Uh, I've always yeah. liked Strike King square bills. I always throw a KVD 1.5. Um, I've got, I don't know what, I, I, it's been so long since I opened them. I couldn't tell you what they are, but they are deeper diving basically one fives mm-hmm. and all i've been doing is throwing them in like uh i think they'd go up to probably about seven foot and uh yeah i just dredge them into the ground and as soon as i feel them like rocking across like four foot and just yeah like up, up to seven foot i can get it to, to go down there and touch the muddy bottom and i was just yeah. letting it dredge the bottom and then i'd stop lift the rod straight up to help it float you know, get out of the stickiness and then I'd rip it back down and a couple of trips in two different areas and it's been working. So mm. give me a little confidence to go back to throwing crankbait. It's funny too, cause I'm throwing them on my, my cheap Dobbins rod. They're on my hundred dollar Dobbins rod and I got a $300 <laughs> crankbait rod and I like it on the hundred dollar rod. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you even need a expensive. I mean, I have an expensive crankbait rod, but I think I've I, had better luck with, not expensive ones it's, it's a glass it. rod i bought it for yeah. ch- chatterbaits because everybody recommended it for chatterbaits it's not for how i throw chatterbaits yeah um so if anybody's looking to get a champion 765 glass give me a call i'll sell it to you <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I got a bunch of stuff. Uh, hit me up too. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to Garrett's house Sunday to stock back up on all the tackle that I just purged. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my purge is going to be a big purge. Like a lot of stuff. But anyways, we're getting pretty off track here. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's nice to close the show out a little bit more fun. Uh, yeah. but we thank everybody for coming and sticking with us this time. Uh, glad to be back. Hoping maybe by next week I feel all the way better and I don't sound so nasally and uh, feel like doo-doo. But. Yeah, well, we all hope you start feeling better too. I'm going to have to because I'm fishing. I'm, I've yeah. got too much fishing coming up. Like You got you got stuff to do, man. And I'll be out there running a fever. I don't care. Like, Yeah. If I have to use that to my advantage to give spot to myself. You know, COVID positive, bitches, back up. Yeah. No, bronchitis. But all right, folks, thanks again for tuning in with us. Another great show. Um, probably have KBF Murray winners on next week. We got that one coming up. Yeah. Uh, if we can't get in touch with them, we'll find something else cool to happen around the country. But until then, yeah. we hope to see you, Garrett. I hope to see you soon. I'll see you Sunday. I'm going to get some tackle. Yeah, but, you uh, come come by and get what, get what you need. I got I got the goods. He's, he's my plug. My, my dealer. Yeah. But all right, folks, <clears throat> we'll see y'all next week. Peace. Yeah, see ya.